this song. My turn-ons are sad sheets. I like to pee out doors. You should follow me on Twitter. Hi, everybody. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's an acronym. It stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Whoa, hi. How you doing? Oh, it's hi, Mike Spiegelman and Carl and... Oh, yes. We have a very special guest. My brother, Adam Spiegelman, returns to our show. Hi, Adam. Hey, girl. Hey, hey girl. girl. Hey. My brother has one of the best podcasts still in distribution. You can find it at Proudly Resents. To really W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Here we are on a sad day. A sad day. We are streaming first, as we've done since 2016. First and last. December 31st on MutinyRadio.fm. Tuesday. No, it's Sunday. I always say Tuesday because it's 2 p.m. Civic Standard Time. <laughs> it's our last episode. It's the last yeah. day of the station. Station is closing its shop. Today's last day of 2023. Bittersweet moment, Carl. It certainly is, you know, and uh, it has been an institution mutiny radio in San Francisco. And I guess Pam feels that it's like underappreciated and she really needs to make a move with her life. So she's doing that. This is our last episode on mutinyradio.fm. We have details about our future and where you could contact us. We have a Facebook page. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegel and Carl. Go ahead and find it. We don't know what our future is going to be, but we want to continue broadcasting and serving you and do, having fun, right? So yeah. on our Facebook is our group, Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. So that is the place to find out what's going to happen with us in the future. Also, go to our YouTube channel and subscribe, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Because fresh yeah. episodes will be coming to that YouTube channel. Okay, we're very excited so about the Facebook. upcoming Razzies. We got a lot of great, great stuff we have planned for twenty four, and we're still doing it. So we want you to go to the Facebook page. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. We want you to go to our YouTube channel, L W A F L M O Y T, and subscribe and join the Facebook page. Those are the two main ones, and there's also a Twitter one if you want to by the acronym as well. But definitely the Facebook page and the YouTube page. We will be back, so we will let you know that way. <laughs> wow, what a way to start off the show, Carl. Yeah. We did the movie. Yeah, it's we're really excited. Everything's going to happen. We. Uh... I want to. I want to thank Mutiny Radio. I mean, we started and you were before me, but I think I joined in 2016. So is that seven years, six years? Yeah, no, it was this this show started, I guess, December of 2016. Uh, Pam showed me the ropes. Uh, Pam Benjamin, the station manager, who we have nothing but love for. Yeah. Who made this out of nothing. This station was originally a pirate radio station during the second Gulf War. The guy embezzled all the money and left. And uh, what was remaining was a mutiny radio from the old pirate cat uh, pirate station. And it became an internet station. You know, <clears throat> the guy's kind of a 
don't know. I don't know. It, it, he caused a lot of ha- a havoc, but the, the station was able to keep going. So, and that's because of Pam Benjamin. So yeah, yeah definitely a big shout out. And she showed me the ropes and she showed me how to do a show. And from there, uh, we had an episode, Carl joined and it just really clicked. And, you know, Carl and I have done, uh, been friends for 30 odd years. Yeah. Three years ago, we did a public access show in New Jersey and we were thrilled to be doing this podcast. So yeah, Carl, what is the movie this week? Okay, today we will watch the movie that you've always wanted to be our final episode. Let's hope uh, it's not literally our final episode, but for Mutiny, it's very appropriate. one of Mutiny Radio uh, recordings. This is our final episode. Okay, so the movie's called Detour 1945, and in the search engine, put in Detour 1945 Remastered, and that will bring you to the channel we like, which is Classic Cinema HD. So once again, you put in Detour 1945 Remastered, and you will find the channel Classic Cinema HD, and that's what we're going to watch. Great. Okay, so get to your YouTube channel as as Carl. Get to your YouTube app. As Carl said, the movie is Detour 1945. We are looking for the remastered HD version, and as courtesy of Classic Cinema HD channel. Find that link, click it. Hit pause, move it to zero, zero, zero. I have a celebrity comedian uh, countdown I can provide to you. Okay, I'm going to do that. Okay. All right, so Mike, take it away. Hi, welcome to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with the one and only Jamie Black. Hi, Jamie. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Uh, Jamie is one of my favorite comedians here in Los Angeles. You're actually originally from Chicago. I am, yeah. Did you perform stand-up in Chicago? Uh, occasionally. One or two times. It wasn't... W- when you moved to Los Angeles, that's when you said, I'm doing it. Um, I Well, I decided to do it during the pandemic. Um, and the success of, of my stand-up during the pandemic said, maybe I should go out to L.A. and do it. So, what was it? What was it like during? So you were you were in Chicago during the pandemic. What were sets like over there? Did they do outdoor shows? Did they still go into bars? Was oh, there I nothing don't know. going on? Yeah, I wasn't doing stand. I wasn't doing stand up. I was doing Zoom comedy. Oh, the greatest in Chicago with that fan. Yeah. Oh, well, we yeah. know each other from that fan uh, in the studio there. What other yeah. Zoom shows did you do during the pandemic? Were you part oh, of Rampantly? Just oh, I did do yes, I, I actually did do uh, the the world comedy thing. The yeah foundation. The, yeah, yeah, I did. I did that uh, one year during the pandemic. Yes, um, but yeah, for for whatever reason, my standup was much more successful this time around. So I stuck with it because That's I cool. yeah, it it was hit or miss before and. And I was like, I'm an actor, I'm not a comedian, so I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to stick to my acting. And then, But it's, deep down, I think I've always wanted to be a stand-up comedian, so I tried it again. I'm wondering, so you moved to Los Angeles for acting opportunities and then uh, proceeded to do stand-up in person and, and just kept going with it? Well, I moved to L.A. to do stand-up um, as well as pursue acting. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And what do you think of the Los Angeles scene? What advice can you offer the young uh, Los Angeles comedian? 
Oh, well, you know, the young the young comedian has an advantage because they can stay out late and do all those late mics. Right. Uh, so do them all is what I say. I'm just trying to find the ones that start at like six and end at eight so that I can be home in bed by nine. I hear you. Here's my impression of me when I sign up for 11 o'clock mic. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, Flappers tried to book me on an 11.30 show. And I was like, 11.30? That's can't do yeah. it. I'm no. like, I'm two hours deep into sleep at 11.30. I'll tell you, I've done 11 o'clock shows after we've done like a dad fan show at 6.30. I would then go uh, trek over to an 11 o'clock show, and it wasn't worth it. Yeah, I don't know. it's... And and you know that and that late at night, it's uh, it's got to be hard to, to get an audience in there. You well, know? you would figure like this is the entertainment capital of the world, and we're all cynics, so of course there'll be a live show at eleven thirty with an audience. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> right. A flapper <laughs> small room. Oh man, one one. I have to say, I love your act, and one of the funniest things I, I heard you talk about is that you were a mortician or a. Uh, corner what if, what's your what was your undertaker i guess and then people had nicknames for you yes, those are very outdated terms for what yeah I was, what, I was a funeral corner. director funeral director thank you so much <laughs> yeah, yeah so i was not heard... doing it in the 1800s so i was not the undertaker that's the I first was... one that came to my mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah i used to be a, a funeral director and they had nicknames for you. Do you mind just elaborating? Because I think it's the best thing I ever heard. Doctor Death. <laughs> that one. That, yeah. And yeah, then they Mort. Doctor Death. Didn't they call you Mort? Oh yes. Oh 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 yes. Yeah, that was my nickname when I lived in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, my friends called me Mort, short for mortician. Love it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I did use the word Undertaker, but I have to ask, is there really an Undertaker's ball? Because I do want to go to one of those. Um, not that I'm aware of. I was never invited. So, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe for white people. No, uh, what was the movie? Um, wasn't Harlem Goes to, uh, kind of goes to Harlem? There was a, there was a, a film uh, where they had an Undertaker's ball and they had Screaming Jay Hawkins. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I'm not familiar with it. Give me a second. My head's full of holes. I'll, I'll figure it out. I wanted to talk about your podcast. Uh, uh, this is the Netflix show, a recap show for... It is a fan podcast for Married at First Sight. Married at First Sight? a lifetime show. Oh, I, I have no idea. Yeah. It's called Mad and Finally Single with Summer and Jamie. Mad and, and we, Finally Single. We, we invite a guest on who's never watched an episode of Married at First Sight to talk about that week's episode. And it's been a lot of fun. I love it. Uh, so you guys could check out that website, uh, the, the podcast, I should say. I, I totally got the wrong show. Um, so what, what's the premise of this one? They just they pull a name from a hat? I'm not going to tell you because we're going to have you on as a guest. All right. I won't watch it. Thank <laughs> God I don't have access to Lifetime right now. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, good. Because then I'll, you couldn't I'll... be on the show. Because it's yeah. literally, you cannot have ever watched, the, the show's been on for 17 seasons, and you can have never watched not one single episode of the show. Jimmy, they've been marrying people for the last 17 seasons? Yes. Crazy. Yes. Crazy. 
Yeah, I remember when The Bachelor first came, people were like, that's a horrible. It was who wants to marry a, a millionaire? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. A multimillionaire. Yeah, that I think kick started it. And I think he was like a scummy comedian, too. I don't remember the story. He was a comedian. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, it was like it was on Fox. It, well, who wants to be a millionaire was popular back then. So it was who wants to marry a multimillionaire was was the reality show. And uh, it was like kind of blind match. And then once that the guy was, I guess he was a jerk. I don't remember. He was a comedian. So take that for what it is worth. It's like it's secret millionaire or something like that, where where the, uh, a millionaire goes out with two the whole three people, and then they pick one, and then reveal themselves to be a millionaire. And I don't. I'm sorry. I, I'm never gonna be angry or upset if you hid from me that you're a millionaire, and then you chose me after you went out. But this woman. She was outraged that he had lied to her and didn't tell her that he was a millionaire. And they and she didn't she didn't go out with him anymore. I was like, "Are you fucking crazy?" That's so funny. Well, what was she upset that he wasn't being honest and upfront to her? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That he that he lied to her. Did he get the okay. secret? But I mean, if I were a millionaire, I wouldn't tell people. Yeah, or I wouldn't go on a show where the premise is that I have to reveal that I'm a millionaire. <laughs> You know, maybe the, there would have been less. I wouldn't go on as a contestant and then get upset that there's some gimmick on a reality show. But that's just me. That's me. So it is. Mad and Finally Single with Summer and Jamie is the name of the podcast. Okay. Um, and it's a Married at First Sight fan podcast. Married and Finally Single with Summer and Jamie. Check it out. Jamie, Matt, about did you say Matt. Married and Finally Single? I did not. I said oh, okay. Sorry. Mad and Finally Single. Man, finally single. Yes. All right. With Summer and Jamie, check that out in podcast. Jamie, we're about to watch a, a movie. Uh, everyone has found the link. They hit pause and they're about to hit play. Please kick it off with our celebrity comedian countdown. All right. Are we ready to watch this thing? All right. In three, two, one. All right. Well, thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, for our final Celebrity Comedian Countdown. I wanted to mention this movie has been in the public domain for a long time. They didn't renew the copyright. This is the Criterion uh -huh. version, which is remastered, as this boring little speech will tell you. So, boy, this, this is isn't kicking off big, right? It's like, oh, quietly letting you know. Yeah. Thank you, George Lucas. Thank you, George. George Lucas. You know, this movie is in the National Registry of Film for the Library of Congress. This is mm -hmm. a beef movie. It's an hour. It's like the perfect length. It's one hour and two minutes. And, and it's, it's from a place called PRC, which is a uh, producer releasing company. But they called it Pretty Rotten Crap, Poverty mm -hmm. Row Pictures. These <laughs> would crank them out. And the guy who directed it, Olger, uh, he used to crank them out. So he's done movies from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, The Black Cat and all that stuff. And But he's best known for Detour, which we're going to watch. DRC. DRC, pretty rotten crap. MCMXLV. Wow, I remember that year. Oh, yeah, the war was just ending. These guys, like Tom, Tom Neal, you know, he went to jail for six years. Oh? Oh, uh, his third wife had a bullet in her head, back of her head. Oh, no. 
Was yeah. that self-inflicted or shot by him? It was self-defense. He spent six years in jail. Self-defense. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. And then he came out and then he died of a, a, I don't know, a stroke complication, like not eight months later. Uh-huh. So, but, and I should mention that, uh, you know, this podcast has always been films I read about and then never saw. And now with YouTube, I can see it. This film is great. And I'm really glad that it's on YouTube. There's a sequel. His son, uh, Tom Neal Jr., uh-huh. made, made a shot-for-shot shot remake in 1992 and added a half Interesting. hour. That's on YouTube, guys. Go ahead and you have to watch it on your own. But there is a 1992 version by The Sun. Is it only an hour? No, it's an hour 90. An hour 90 minutes? This is based no. on a novel from like no. the late 30s. How long is it? The, the It's an hour 90. Uh, hour 30, I mean. 90 minutes. The remake. Okay. This is the guy. That might be a good doubleheader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. When you're done with this, go ahead and watch it. The other one. You go ahead and put the subtitles on. This the um... okay. Closed captioning is now on. Okay. Now they, they this movie is kind of like oh they shot it in six days. The internet says twenty eight days, but there's only two or three interior shots, including this uh, Nevada diner. Oh, okay. Spanish subtitle. What is going on? We can't. I watched it on. Uh, it, it did give me Spanish. You have it on English, right? I maybe I do now. Okay, so he's just saying, "Hey, fella," and the other guy's like, "Butt off." You know, I always wanted to look like to this guy. Right, look at the the shabby suit. He's gone through a lot. He's loosened his tie. He's got a perpetual five o'clock shadow on him. Just right. trying to be sociable is all. He's so gonna... okay, let me know his story here, Mike. Now this yeah. guy is on the road. He's heading somewhere. He doesn't. He's grouchy. He doesn't want anyone to bug him. He's down on his luck. You're Tell absolutely me what, right. What's going on here? Well, this is like kind of in the middle of the story. You know, when things have kind of settled, but. Uh, right now, this guy's going to commit a cardinal sin. He's going to play a song in the jukebox. And uh, Tom Neal's going to say, don't put another dime in the jukebox. <laughs> I don't want to hear that song. It's just that song. I just haven't heard it for so long. <laughs> it brings back old memories. That's my nickel. The mule cost him a dime, by the way. So it's two songs. Mute. My friend Josh uh, Wells, he's a comedian, and he has this ingenious idea to sell silence on the jukebox. Three minutes. Of, if you're not in the mood, you can go to the playlist, put in your money, and pick silence. It'll be three minutes of silence. You know the, song, the silence will never play while you're at the bar. Bartender won't play it. Okay, he's going to have, like, flashbacks, but basically, this guy, look at that flashback, huh? This budget. How nice they put the light on his eyes. Yeah, they bought a flashlight from 1945. It was costing like 25 cents. Mike, would you tell me his story already? Why is he on the road and disillusioned, or are we about to learn? We are absolutely about to learn. This is sets up the uh, the flashback, and then certain, at a certain point, we get back to real time. But he is a piano player from New York City, okay. and he has a gal. Her name is Sue, and they sing together, and they're in love. Is and that Anne? Because I hear Anne was pretty savage. 
Anne Savage, the co-billed star of this movie, doesn't show up until like 32 minutes into the film. Oh. So this song will bring back the memory. Look at that cool fucking jukebox. Yeah, huh? absolutely it's cool. So what is that, like 33 playing? Is that one song in that giant disc? Yeah, that's got to be a 33, so you would expect it to be a 45. Now this oh, I remember the... this band. They were the Nothings. Yeah, <laughs> right. I had to sometimes look at their drum kit to remember their names. Is that tacky? <laughs> uh, well, there he is. He's playing piano. He's not really playing piano. It's the composer doing two Brahm numbers later. But And uh, this is this gal, Sue. Okay. Now, compared to the stubble, look how classy this guy looks. Yeah. Now he's, you know. Love with me. We got a little musical number in this song, this movie. We watched, what, Breakfast in Hollywood? And it had a bunch of musical numbers, and it didn't really jive. This works, right? We got a flashback. He's a piano player. And then we have a little musical number showing they're in love. What's really really funny is his fake playing. He's doing what he sees other. Absolutely. Yeah, piano players do, like that hopping with your hand. Not only did he serve time for allegedly killing his third wife, he was a hot-tempered dude. This guy was like a boxer before he became a Broadway actor. Uh-huh. And, you know, he did it. What's interesting about the co-stars is that they co-starred in A movies in Colombia. They did like three movies together, him and Savage. And uh, then they kind of went to Poverty Row and did this movie together. They don't like each other, by the way, in real life. He, hmm. he stuck his tongue in her ear, Anne Savage. Uh-huh. And she slapped him. <laughs> so at that point they were doing this movie so they did not really speak outside so here go ahead and crank it this is this is him playing Brahms and two there was Sue who made working there a little like working in heaven working in heaven we felt about each other this the language here is Cracker Jack Carl it's just tight as could be Cracker Jack it's the bees which is the old story you know who doesn't like the term Cracker Jack but somehow, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more than. Don't pigeonhole me. I always I, wanted to be famous, and now I'm the Cracker Jack guy. Can I be famous for something else? <laughs> Boy, that's some Cracker Jack dialogue you got there. Hey! Sorry, Jack. Well, she's going to say, I'm going to Hollywood. And as a New Yorker, he does the only suitable thing. He says, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and hitchhike across country and join you. (laughs) Okay, so she's off to Hollywood. And then later, he's like, I've got to go find her. That's right. So he he promises, I will meet you in New York. I'm just going to thumb it from New York City to California. Because he doesn't have any money for... For what? For Greyhound? Yeah. There'd be no movie if this dude took a Greyhound. Good point. Good point. Check it out. There's Break a Dog Club. That sounds something like I would have named. You know who hates... Great idea, honey. (laughs) You're honey being Don. What is it, Carl? Well, Don, you're going to call it. I'm going to call it Break O Dawn. Oh, my God. You're not going to do that O with the apostrophe, are you? Yeah. Yeah. You know what inspired me? That ass. Dawn, that ass. Crack of dawn. Ah, uh, the crack of dawn. I thought that's where you were heading. This is like... Okay, so, so she hasn't told him yet. She's now going to tell him. He wants to marry her. Mm-hmm. He's he's smitten by her. 
And this, yeah, this is New York City. Hey, it's New York. Forget about it. Riverside 77th. What a great old-timey sign with the old-timey lamp there. And also, like, this guy is no Roger Corman, and I'd say that out of respect. Look how he kind of cheapens the budget. He just puts the fog in the background. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, like, this is, it delivers. It's the two lovers talking. They're in New York, you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or Sesame Street, according to the sign. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like bird shit all over Sesame Street. Yeah, and you know whose shit it is. Oscar. It's big bird. Oh, really? I thought it'd be. It was Bert. Bert Great like... bird, why'd you shit on my head? Well, birds always do that. Yeah, but you're on the ground. <laughs> you could have warned me. What's interesting about this film is that she she turns out okay. Like, so we've set up the plot. He's going to go from A to B and nothing wrong is going to happen, Carl. Nothing wrong is going to sure. happen. What could happen? You're hitchhiking across the country. He's probably on Route 80. <laughs> right. Good old Route 80. Thumb's favorite uh, route. Yeah, so he would have to walk over the George Washington Bridge. Mm -hmm. But then how does he get onto the highway of 80 to walk? Because he would have to... Carl, they do a map, right? They show his location. And I bring this up because it starts in New Jersey. And he goes from New Jersey. You know, to... there wasn't Eisenhower yet at this year. So maybe right, it 25. was kind of rural, uh, you know, regular roads. Okay, so here he is playing with no band because no, look this, at his fake playing, Mike. Well, he's playing Brahms. He's playing classy stuff that's above this club, obviously. Look at that. Look that's somebody else's hands. Yeah, well, IMDb says it's the composer's hand doing the doing a fave for the director. Now, the composer was Brahms. I find that very hard to believe. They decomposing composers. <laughs> right. That's the Monty Python, was it? Look at that. Look at him go. Look at Tom go. This is not Brahms, dude. Okay. Look, this movie I've seen a dozen times. I just kind of look at IMDb in case I... I uh, <clears throat> assuming everyone else has i'm not going from through much there's tons of i did watch a tcm intro that's on uh on the internet on <laughs> your research <laughs> i do have some research actually do you want to hear the description of him punching uh sticking her tongue in his mouth so i asked that says i was five four inches and tom was about the same height and he embarrassed me once. He had some buddies with him. I was standing there, and they were lighting the next scene. He came into the scene, and he said something to tell me, saying he had something to tell me. I leaned over, and he stuck my, his tongue in my ear. I oh. hit him as hard as I could. I slapped him with my hand open. I was a tough little kid. I could take care of myself. I was so angry and humiliated. I naturally reacted by hitting him. He staggered back, and I immediately left the set so he didn't see his reaction, be in anger or whatever. Later, when we worked together, there was no talk at all, just their scenes, and that was it. We stayed apart and never spoke. <laughs> So that's the, the chemistry. She made $2,000 from this movie. Okay. That's a so very, that's, inter very that, interesting career. That's like 20, a little more than 20 grand today, probably. Yeah. She actually died of a stroke, actually. But she, uh, and like him, she was married three times. She, mm -hmm. Her mom moved to L.A. when her military dad died when she was four. She started doing movies like uh, in the early 40s. Uh, and the, one of her films was the, uh, the woman they almost lynched was her like last film in, in the, uh, 53. So she worked as a law clerk. He worked as a landscaper, you know, they're really, they're, yeah, he's, he was not good at it. The guy was kind of a, a hothead, as you would say. 
so he, he actually she married a, a her agent, a third husband. He became a financier, uh, and they're both buried in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which I visited here in Los Angeles. Um, but she, uh, what did I was gonna say? So she did have a comeback. She showed up in Saved by the Bell, Carl. Uh huh. Saved by yeah. the Bell. Yeah, and then my Winnipeg was. I was expecting to see a Lily Tomlin scene a second ago. Yeah, are we going to see Lily Tomlin? The the switchboard. Yeah, so this is, he's given the information. The director's just kind of whipping it out. Number is Crestview. Look how many. Six, five, seven. Is he putting pennies in there? (laughs) Hey, Sue. So, baby, I'm going to, oh, yeah, I'm going to come right over. The old phone book booth. So the song on the jukebox in the beginning was some song he used to do with her or something? Yeah, and it's just mm-hmm. that song. So it's he, sort of like, play it again, Sam. Yeah. And here he's saying, listen, you're in Los Angeles and you're what? You're a hash slinger? You'll still make it, baby. <laughs> hash slinger. What is hash? Corned beef hash when you have... Yeah, right. You work at the countertop at a Woolworths or whatever. You're slashing... You're uh, hash sling... You're slinging hash. Okay. Corned beef hash. Fucking some of the dialogue. There's a line... My girlfriend, she moved to Amsterdam. She's a hash slinger now. I like that. (laughs) She sells Evil Dead merchandise. She's an hash slinger. Look, look, New Jersey, Patterson, Newark. Starts off in Newark. There he is. He's going to get himself out of New York. And that's some East Coast wind right there. Great. We're not on Route 80. Look, went, did you notice he went into the driver's? He went into the driver's side, yes. Cause look. So IMDB was, keeps saying the footage is reversed. They're driving on the wrong side of the street. Because There's of a really a, just for the hell of it? No, just, just to be cheap and effective. You know, they, they had this footage and they decided to flip the image. Oh, so he's going that way instead of this way. Yeah, that's right. So they're driving on the wrong side of the road. The whole McGillicuddy. That is really interesting, but they just did it for budgetary reasons. They weren't being artistic. Honestly, I think the continuity girl was not working that day uh, during the (laughs) shooting of this film. It's not the the only thing you'll notice. Cigarettes go different directions. You know, they're lit. They're not lit. I think during the piano playing that occurred, when people die in this movie, and people do die in this movie, Take a look at the actors. You can see them breathing. You see their is, eyes move. Is the whole film flipped every scene? And a lot, a lot of the scenes are, are reused and flipped, but not all of them. Like, well, let's see. So he's walking on what on the right side of the road right now. But he, but he's definitely walking like the same direction every time towards California, yeah. not towards New York. He's getting some wear and tear in that suit right now. It's like day two. All right. Now he's on the correct side. Yeah, that's right. Now, you know, we always talk in our seven years of this podcast that some movies, there's only six people in the universe and they all bump into each other. This being film noir, it's the reason the story is that he just bumps into the wrong people at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. right like so even though there's going to be a major coincidence it does fit this movie it's the point of the movie uh so yeah he's riding around then this guy he's going with his name is haskell uh he's a shady uh bookie he's a bookie basically 
Haskell. Okay. Wasn't that the name of the Leave it to Beaver jerk? Eddie Haskell? Yeah, what a jerk. I still hate that guy. <laughs> you know, I always say this, Carl. Um, Eddie's buddy was named Lumpy. Lumpy. Right? Like, like he had a heart on or something. And then if you go to Growing Pains, remember Kirk Cameron had a friend named Boner. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. I, I did not watch Growing Pains. I, it would come on and Alan Thicke and everything, and it was just the standard, so I just keep flipping. Sure. Not well, interesting. It's interesting. We did watch Saving Christmas, Kirk Cameron's uh, Saving yes. Christmas was one of our episodes. There's a whole generation that doesn't know him from Growing Pains. They just mm -hmm. know him as this guy, this Christian guy doing Christian entertainment. We watched Left Behind too, didn't we? We did watch Left Behind, and was it the one with? It wasn't the one with uh, Nicolas Cage, right? We no, saw. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a good one. It was the the original. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. So he's he found a buddy, and this guy, he's he also is going to show, tell his history. He, he basically, his story is when he was a kid, his dad had a bunch of cool swords on the wall, so him and his friend thought it'd be cool to play swords, and he cut himself, and he's going to show the wound. Okay. He was so embarrassed by it. This guy uh, left, left, left his family at 15. He's never seen his dad. And his dad's kind of well off. Okay. And he's a bookie. And the last hitchhiker he picked up, she was fucking a terror, scratched him, and all this stuff. So that's what we're learning about him. He's, he's a shady booker. He has money. He's going to buy the, uh, our hero a, a sandwich. Oh, how nice. You know what he says, though, the hero, and the, he goes, before I strap on the feed bag, I had some answers. <laughs> <laughs> I had some questions, I mean. Yeah, so he has a sure bet. He's driving over to, to put money on a horse. Mm-hmm. Emilio's got a lead for him. Yeah. A tip. Well, the, they had, um, I think it was Paul Revere. Like, if the weather is clear, this horse can do. All right. Let me see. And Clementine. Clementine. If the weather's fine, Clementine. the horse can do. Do you know that? Silly, no, I don't. Is this a it's bit? It's a Broadway. It's a, I only know it because Nathan Lane was in it, and I look like Nathan Lane, apparently. Oh, you get that a lot? Hey, a lot. Nathan Lane over I, here. Seriously, Mike, I do look like him because I get it from people who have nothing to do with each other in different states and different locations and venues. They all go, ah, Nathan Lane. I just so, saw him in a movie called Bo is Afraid. What a crazy performance he did. So what's it called? Bo, B-E-A-U, like a is, name? Afraid. Okay, I because I, I want to be a completist of this guy nowadays. Okay, go go to uh, Hoopla Digital, which you can use, it's free with your library card. Right. And you can watch this three-hour movie. Otherwise, you have to watch it on Showtime. I got the horse right here. His name is Paul Revere. And there's a guy <laughs> that says, if the weather is clear, can do. Can, can do. do. Texaco? Now, here's his speech. Yeah, Texaco. Well, you know, this was shot in Arizona. His son's movie... The one from '92, yeah, went to every lo actual location that the, his father's film was in. So they go back to the same Arizona stretch of highway that they're in on right now. And obviously, a lot of it's rear screen. 
I wonder how we got an extra 30 minutes out of, you know, since a remake scene for scene. They were saying, yeah, but they were saying that a lot of it got, some of the story got cut just because of budget and time. Again, it's a nine, it's a sixty minute movie. So, well, that's he said that's mighty white of you, Mister Haskell. He really, you said know, that. I noticed that too when I, I watched this movie twice before uh, joining us, and he says right. I think. Oh, and the the subtitles get it. Yeah, wrong. but it took me a couple rewinds. Maybe he does say it's mighty white of you. I don't think they said that. Back I don't in the think that would be a thing. Yeah, back then, he's decided to strap on the feedback. This guy. I love him, man. Look at him. He eats. He looks like I really, as a kid, wanted to grow up and look like a man like this, right? Ragged, <laughs> <laughs> unshaven, mm-hmm. eye loosened, yeah. eating a free meal. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. He has a, he's a very emotion. Uh, he has a lot of emotion, this Tom Neal. Like, I know we don't have the sound going. He has a very tight kind of cadence, but... You can see it in his eyes, the panic, the despair, the whole shenanigans. Yeah. Well, I think he, like when he was on this, the highway and, and he wasn't getting rides, he was doing this gruff thing. He's yeah. rubbing his, I was thinking that too. Like he's really doing his part. Well, when he was sitting at the Nevada diner, it looks like, you know, someone killed his dog or something. All right. So here's Haskell. He's asleep. Oh, you know, one of the things Haskell does is he has a cough and he keeps taking pills. And I kept thinking they're like uppers. You know, why wouldn't you uh-huh. be driving around not taking uppers? <laughs> so he's so he, getting tired now. He's think, he's reminiscing. He does this thing throughout the entire movie where I can't wait to go to point A to point B and see my gal. Everything's going to be perfect. You know, he even has a fantasy sequence, which we might have just. Here it is. Look at this. Look at the budget they did. Go ahead and crank it. He can't. This is what he imagines California will be. The budget is shadows. Well done, don't you think? It's a fact. I do. I do. And it's a completely different tone of the uh, what we have watched. Right? We go right into this fantasy sequence. We have seen like a real time musical number. No one puts their clarinet out like that. They always, you know, it's down to their crotch. I yeah, maybe he's losing his balance. He's, maybe he'll tip over. Hit the saxophone player. Oh. Got put another quarter to watch it. <laughs> Not a quarter. Don't be so pricey. <laughs> well, it was a quarter in 1945, the peep shows. Uh, he put in a nickel. He said, right, that's my nickel. That's my nickel. Right, but the, the meal cost him 10 cents. Now it's raining with the Yeah, that's right. So he's down. like, hey, mister, it's raining with the top down. Hey, mister, we got to, hey, hey, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Haskell. Eddie Haskell. Hello, Mrs. Beaver. God, I haven't watched the Leave the Beaver in decades. You know, I rarely ever saw it. It's just the few times I did because it was so unrealistically, I don't know. The few times I watched it, Eddie Haskell was a jerk. He was a soldier. Okay, he's going to lift up the, the hood. It's crazy. So all this scene is like heavy rain. And they, they pull it off. You know, it's a noir film. And, and, and Haskell's right. asleep. That's right. He's Is that realistic? Asleep. Oh, yeah. he's dead. He's asleep at the farm with uh, Bobo. Bonk! <laughs> right in the mud. Okay, so he's you can see his eyes fluttering according to the internet. He fell on a he fell on a rock. I know, he fell hard. So all right, so that's it. We're cut we're caught up. Okay, so now he has a dead man's car that he's taking across country. 
Yes. So what do you do, Carl, if the guy dies on the side of the road in Arizona? You go to some local emergency room and you report, I got a stiff. Or you throw you him on the side of the road. You throw him on the side of the road and you take his identity. Oh, oh you take his identity. Listen, you just got to go see your gal soon in Hollywood, right? You just got to get to point A to B. This, this, this won't detour the plot. Okay, okay. Yeah. Detour, detour. detour, The name of this guy took a detour. He took a detour. There's a song called Detour. It's this this, uh, 1980 disco song with a flute. It's really good. So he's going to hide. Okay. He's going to chuck the body. Why does he want his identity? Because of his bank account or something? I think no, no, because of the car. And that car is going to get him to California. He could still do that what's he gonna do he's gonna pick up his phone his cell phone no he would drive to some hospital and he could still keep the car he would just park the car drag the guy to the thing and say this guy's dead i was hitchhiking with him and they're not gonna say and where's his car sir well i think you it's like I mean? you murdered him look it's at his acting because you, you're right like if someone dies in the car next to you in the car with you you should go and report it out of respect. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, not, not out of respect. What one thing you can learn on the final day of Muni Radio, don't throw the body in the ditch. <laughs> what do you have to lose if you bring a, you know, he just died on his own sitting there. Right. But he makes it, that's the interesting, uh, interesting thing about this movie is this guy's relationship to the deaths that happen. He's just an innocent man. This guy just died. I, you know, I panicked and I threw him off the side of the road. Oh, cop. Hey, motorcycle cops. Whisper sweet nothings in my ear. What's your name? Hey, you. Uh, you know, Eddie. You the car with the wheels halfway in the middle of the road. That's the way accidents happen. Oh, I'm sorry, officer. I was just putting up my top. I, I didn't think. Well, the next time, think. <laughs> I'll have to go now, but watch your step in the future. I know that's... <laughs> It's great dialogue. That's right. Cracker Jack. It is Cracker Jack. This is considered a film noir classic because it has all the trappings of the film noir. This guy is doomed from the start. That poor cop is just out there dealing with, I mean, he's on a bike. <laughs> oh, I know. This is 45. You're in the rain. You don't got a helmet. The, the rain can, like, really be cutting on you if you're going fast enough. Yeah, and he doesn't have a helmet. Okay. Throw out the rest of his shit. Now he goes in the passenger seat and moves over to, there he goes. Yeah, because it used to be like a couch. People don't know about that. The front seat used to be like the back seat. Huh. Right. They didn't have seatbelts until the 70s. Or motorcycle helmets, apparently. Do, 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 do. Next day. The next day, the film that was rolling in front of me was all, <laughs> all sunny and bright without rain. The rear view projection. <laughs> or front view, I guess, in this scene. All right. Okay, this is the... Of course, Carl, you could crank up the volume as a proud Californian, former New Jerseyan. You, of course, have to be stopped at the border. You bring it any fruit? You got any <laughs> out-of-state fruit? In I'm there. having some trouble with the... Uh... No problem. Here, I'll do the dialogue. Is that a New Mexican banana <laughs> I see in the back? What kind of, what kind of uh, butterflies are you bringing in from... Uh... North Dakota. Oh, why is this? 
Okay, maybe I'll do this. He's saying like you're Eddie Haskell Jr. By the way, Junior is important. Over thirty days, you take out California plates. All right, officer, but I'll only be in the state a short while. Yeah, that's what they all say. California is body in the trunk. No, no. Anyone die and fall out of the passenger seat? No. Did you mention it? No. Yeah. Cops are no cops going to do it. Boy, that's a real brutal. Hit the hay and hit Mexico. Mexico again? Yeah, everything kind of repeats. Oh, there's the hotel next to it. The old Bates Motel. That's a motel, not a hotel, Carl. Yeah. How's your mom? We don't talk about that. <laughs> and she's fine during certain hours. Look at him sleeping like a baby. Yeah, look at his mouth all swished up. That was so on purpose. You know, one thing he did before before he killed his wife, he was he was blackballed. Like no one wanted to work with him because of his temper. He mm -hmm. he had a, a actress girlfriend. He punched an actor so hard the guy went into a concussion. Because really? he, he boxed in, in uh yeah in school. You know, here let me see what I had. Uh, first film was uh, Out West with the Hardys. Then he boxed in Northwestern University. He was in Broadway. He went to Harvard Law. He graduated at 38. In 1945, he punched actor Francolt Tone, smashed the guy's cheekbone, broke his nose, gave him a brain concussion. And this is over actress Barbara Payton. Uh, and it ended Wait, his career. Over, over an actress? What'd you say? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Barbara Payton is the actress. Okay, so there was a fight that involved a woman, and he really nailed he a guy. Nearly killed him, yeah. Mm -hmm. So after that, no one wanted to work with him. Now, I still am stuck on you said he graduated Harvard Law. Then he didn't get the bar? He didn't I think go on like, to become a lawyer? Yeah, I mean, he had a big physique, right? And he was boxing throughout uh, prior to his law firm. He decided to go into acting. Wait, you no, you just said law firm. He never had a law firm, right? He no, didn't no, get his, he, he got a law degree at Harvard, thirty-eight. I don't know why you wouldn't take the bar. You know, a just lot of actors have it. it. He's okay, like, he's like Ken Jeong, right? The the doctor turned comedian and uh, game show host. All right, so he finally shaves that five o'clock shadow off. Boo! Yeah. Movie's less interesting. I after Take I ditched the car. Takes a night. Yeah, he's going to sell the car, I guess. That's his scheme. He's going to know. He's going to drive into to Los Angeles and just park the car. There he is. He's wearing Haskell's clothes. He looks good as new. Yeah. His hair was so well. Even when he was sleeping, his hair was perfect. Yeah. And this guy left like $700 in cash or something like that. He has a crazy bankroll from this dead man. Yeah. Maybe that's one of the reasons why he just kept moving. <clears throat> I still think he didn't do anything wrong that that man died. So he should have just. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. This And the, the thing is that Haskell was going to place a bet on a horse. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he's going through the guy's suitcase right now. So he's going to find what horse to. Oh, that and his father is his strain and his father's kind of well off. And He ripped up he his note. Yeah. The guy's dead. He's now, you know, he's moving on. Look at that mug. <laughs> <laughs> we make that faces when we drink coffee here on the YouTube channel. <laughs> there is a I'd love to look in the mirror and see that mug. 
<laughs> Don't be All stupid right. and pick up a hitchhiker dummy. Well, that's right, Carl. And of course, as we know in the universe, there's only so many people in the world. But in this film, it really does mm -hmm. um, hit a point. He's going to pick up a hitchhiker. She's right in front of the gas station. She's savage, man. She's Ann Savage? No. She's Ann Savage. Not her real name. Her real name is Bernice Maxine Lyon. How how is there a bottle of water? I guess it's a different time, and yeah. people used to put in the radiator all the time. Now, her acting in this movie—I mean, we should listen to her. It's completely different from what we usually expect. I mean, this movie—you know—I like bad movies. This movie, like, it's poorly acted, it's poorly kind of directed, but it all clicks. It's... I'll wait for her dialogue. But look at her face in the meanwhile. Mean motherfucker. Well, yeah, she's not done up like the 40s ladies, and that's probably on purpose. Look, she just put her... Oh, okay, she didn't just rudely do that. He said okay. Yeah. All right, I'm sure we'll get some dialogue soon. What a great vintage car he has. That was probably very pricey to get an old car like that. It was a 19, yeah, it was. And uh, I think it was a 1940 car. I turned my head to look her over. She was facing straight ahead, so I couldn't see her eyes. But she was young, not more than 24. And I don't think so, dude. I think she's in her 30s. Great train in the world. She might be 24. I'm waiting for her acting before I'm I... am waiting for her to turn. You're waiting for her to turn and look back. Re return the gaze. <laughs> Isn't that all beauty? Yeah. You know, kind of homie like your wife. <laughs> there, Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Sally? Sally's good enough for me, mister. I was afraid of her. What'd you say? Oh, nothing. Just thinking out loud. People get in trouble for doing that. What's your name? You can call me Vera if you like. You can call me Vera. And for the rest of the movie, she's Vera. Not her real yeah. name, probably. Where are you coming from? Oh, back there. Needles? No. Oh, sure. Phoenix. You look just like a Phoenix girl. Are the girls in Phoenix that bad? <laughs> the girl must have been pretty tired because she fell asleep. She's killing with kindness, right? And then she's asleep. Now, remember, no. Haskell picked up a female hitchhiker who scratched him. Right, right, right. Yes. Now, if he keeps looking at her too intently, he might veer off the road. <laughs> Isn't that the future tense of veer? Yeah, veera. I will see. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so we still have half this movie, but this is where the film just goes <clears throat> when they meet, right? This uh -huh. is where it, it just kind of swerves off the road, as it were. So he's going off in his little film noir voiceover, but she's yeah. gonna pop up. A few hours more, and we'd be in Hollywood. It's gonna dawn on her. Get where I parked the car and look up Sue. This nightmare. Yeah, this guy. This whole movie's like, I just gotta get to point A to point B. It's gonna be beautiful. Nothing's gonna detour it. Uh oh. Where did you leave the owner of this car? You're not fooling anyone. This buggy belongs to a guy named Haskell. That's not you, Mister. You're out of your mind. That's my name, Charles Haskell. I can prove it. My driver's Save yourself the trouble, mister. Having Haskell's wallet only makes it worse. It just so happens I rode with Charlie Haskell all the way from Louisiana. He picked me up outside of Shreveport. You rode... You heard me. And it all came back to me. 
all the talk about dueling and scars and scratches. But all yeah. he needs to do is tell the truth. I was driving in the rain, uh, what, pulled over to put up the thing, and he just rolled out of the car dead. He will. He will tell her that. But it's, mm -hmm. it's too late. It's too late. He should have gone to the cops, right? He should have. But he's digging himself into a bigger hole. Okay, but has he really committed a crime? The crime is probably not reporting a dead guy because he didn't steal. For starters, no, he stole the guy's identity. He went to the cops to show the, uh, the he's driving around pretending he's uh, Eddie Haskell. Okay, so we're not all caught up. You had said that, but we're he's yeah, I still guess maybe remembering. Is, maybe he just says, I, you know, maybe this is like, one of those film noir things where he's at right before the cops pick him up, he gives his story, you know. So maybe that's what it uh, maybe it doesn't resume. That's like a more modern film thing. They'll start off like Fight Club. Here's my backstory, and then one hour into the film, okay, we're all caught up. Let's keep going with the story. I think this is more like uh, Double Indemnity, where the guy narrates, the guy's doomed, and he tells mm -hmm. his story, and that's how it's framed. I I I don't. If I was in the car, I would kick her out. I, I don't like her. I don't like her attitude. She's great, right? She's really like a mean. Well, she's me mean. The cops are no friends of mine. Now, if there was a reward, but there isn't. But there isn't. Don't thank me yet. I'm not through with you by a long shot. Let's see that roll. Let's see that roll. It's like 700 bucks. 1945, that's worth at least 700 bucks. Yeah, in 1945 money. money that would translate into roughly like $700. <laughs> That's a lot of scratch for 46. She's scheming. So what she's saying 45. is that we need, we need to sell this car and we need to do it as the Haskells. Who's we? Who, why are you part of this? Because she's going to go to the cops otherwise. She's blackmailing them. She's saying, well, I'm in charge now. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to... Okay. We're going to... I... Get a blue book off this car. And we're going to pose as a couple. Don't forget the Carfax. Carfax. Do you guys have that in California, the Carfax? Yeah, and there's like tons of other like weird, stupid car things with their stupid tech phrases, <laughs> car to utopia and all no, that. No, like stuff. it's just like the history of the vehicle. Like maybe it was really in hurricane katrina and they fixed it up and you don't know it maybe it was in five accidents you know the carfax will tell you its history from the vehicle identification number he's telling her like this it was an accident and she's like yeah buddy i like Taskel even less than i like you yeah i saw what you did to him what do you mean well, scratches on his wrist sure i scratched him i'll show you good <laughs> You know, she would go uh, to, like, film noir conventions with her own copy of this movie, and that's uh -huh. how she made a living, you know, is meeting the fans and stuff like that. She did write a memoir, which I think is called, like, Savage Tales or something kind of clever like that. Well, wait a second. This is the same actress who is from the beginning? No. No, that's Sue. This is Okay, Vera. okay, okay. He's trying to... So he's, he's I going mistakenly to... thought Sue was Anne Savage. You know, it makes sense, too, because we're focused on Sue in the beginning. But Sue is kind of like that little carrot on a stick. He can't wait to go and meet her. Right. Everything's going to be solved once he goes see his sweetheart. But now things are complicated. He took a detour. This guy <laughs> took a detour. There's the old supply shop. <laughs> 
And how did they do the rear projection? They actually had it literally projecting on a rear screen, and then they shot the whole thing that way? Yeah, you see, if you shoot it the other way, you potentially could have shadows. If you shoot it from the back, the light from the projector blocks the projector itself. It, it's, it's, it works. You just rear projection. You know, it's so funny. Like, I always, when I see, like, a fake rear projection, it doesn't bother me. I just go, well, that's how they do it at the time, you know. I agree. It just suspend disbelief. You never think to yourself, he's not really in a car. Okay, now they're on Hollywood, right? I don't know if that's the Hotel Roosevelt in the background. So they're getting near your house. Yeah, they're right by my place. Nero wasn't kidding with that Siamese twins crack. She rented a little apartment as Mrs. Charles Haskell. When I objected to this, she explained that it was on account of the car. Dealer might think something was funny if he called and found we were using different names. As car dealers do. I, let no, me call your hotel. No, she doesn't know his real name. Like, if I was him, wouldn't you just, like, say, good night, honey, and then, boom, you're out of there. Out of it. Yeah. Well, one of the great scenes in this movie is that uh, she's going to try to seduce him. <laughs> Jesus, cuddly as a porcupine. But he, you know, he he can't because he's Sue's guy. Uh, uh, you know, close the window. Is that what I don't he's want doing right now. Okay. She's kind of taking dominance of everything. Like downstairs, so there's a folding bed behind this door. You're familiar with this, cheapo, rummy. <laughs> Here you go. You know how to work it. I invented it. <laughs> what does that mean? It means he's a hobo who slept in shitty hotels, Murphy beds. I don't know. I'm first in the bathtub. I don't know why, but I figured you would be. Because <laughs> you're a fucking bitch. Oh, she had a long day hitchhiking. Oh, she does. She gave a speech like, oh, I can't believe I took a shower. Here we go. Sure feels good to be clean again. Yeah. I must be 10 pounds lighter. You must be. Yeah. I can smell it from here. It's light a match next time. She's going to seduce him, but he's he doesn't want any part of it. He's tormented. Mm-hmm. I wish a guy with a sex would give up, nurse, Carl. <laughs> it's so bad. This one was actually pretty decent. I was able to get a lot of this film nori and language, which I can't, you know, it goes by so quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm so hooked on closed captioning at this point in my life that uh, it, it did a decent job. Sorehead rabbits. She might have actually said that. Mm -hmm. In the pen this minute, being photographed, fingerprinted, and being pushed around by the cops. You really said that? Yeah. Get rid of that long puss. Did he, she oh, really speak pussy? Puss like your mug. Don't you push my buttons, chick. Look at that face. He's uh, his face for silent movies. That's yeah, <laughs> he does. Yeah, he's handsome and she's a doll. You got a face for radio active, uh, active material. He was sick, right? Because he was sure, coughing. Sure, he died of old age. He was sick. He was sick. And this guy blew it from the start. 
She's gonna try to seduce him, and it's he's, he's I guess it's before the cut. She's gonna touch his pants. When now? Yeah, it's coming up. I want to hear the uh, seduction. You want to hear the cleats uh, of the pants being touched? Well, because she's so like ornery. Yeah, she is ornery. Wow, nice job, director. Yeah, that meant they drank the whole bottle. I felt like getting tight tonight. Well, I think you succeeded. Am I tight? As a prima donna's corset. That's good. She's tight as a prima donna's corset. <laughs> one says at the time. Oh, I don't know. It's funny they're calling it tight because when you drink, you get loose. You get kind of lit. Wasted. Stay sober. And I've got the key to that if I had your troubles, came out, fired your troubles. Yeah. See, look at him. Like now he's, he doesn't have the tie at all. He's got his pop collar. No, he's like got his rolled up sleeves. There's a lot of things I don't like. Look at this. Touch that crotch. No I dice. Limp. You gotta take a swing at whatever comes along before you wake up and find it's a ninth inning. Is that the big seduction, dude? One of the scenes, yeah. She's saying, hey, listen, you look at your circumstance. You might as well fuck. Trying to make the best of things. Make the best of things. What's wrong with the whole world? Get the professor. She's being seductive right now. Now take you, for instance. You're lucky to be alive. Why, suppose Haskell had pulled open your door. You'd be playing a harp now. Think of that. What are you talking about? You would be dead instead of Haskell? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, you'd be playing a harp, Carl. Why? Because he would open the door instead of no, you. The guy was sick. Because St. Peter would let you into heaven and they would hand you a harp. So sure. At least they know they're done for. They don't have to sweat blood wondering if they are. Your philosophy stinks, pal. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Cover it up. Cover it up. She's turned off now. He blew it. Taking away her horny. Anyway, we'll be discussing politics next. Yeah. What's <laughs> up with this war? When will it end? On the table, sucker. <laughs> what buds? Is it indica? Sativa? <laughs> On the table, sucker. We bored each other with conversation for a couple of hours longer. Yeah, the stretcher's like. They must have, they drank all the booze and they smoked all the cigarettes. And they didn't do any sex. Well, she's going to try one last time. Oh, no, no, it's in the morning. Now we get to meet a car dealer from the 40s. And, okay. Uh, yeah. It's your lucky day. It's your lucky day, pal. I just came into a sweet deal on the. No, we're here to sell a car. Oh, well, oh, three, it's, you're lucky. You're it's lucky. a bad day. I'm sorry. It's a bad day. We don't have a lot. <laughs> Carl? No, you car. See, I mean, I could see his suit right now, and his scene is in two, two or three more minutes. The guy's suit is so loud. I can see it now. <laughs> Consumption. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if I died? You'd be free of all this shit. For me, my last cup of coffee on the show. Give me Dave Roberts. He's saying rabbits, Roberts, rabbits, Roberts. His last name is Roberts. My favorite sport is being kept. Prison. He knows his real name now. After we sell the car, you can go to blazes for all I care, but not until then. 
<laughs> What's interesting is that she set him up, right? So they're going to go buy this car. Look at it. Here we go. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. Have a good night. Okay. Look at that. Cold, literally a cold shoulder. Great. Good night, Robert. Don't That's try what... to sneak away during the night. All the doors are locked. That's anyway, what she deserves. Mind you, gone in the morning. I'll notify the police. <coughs> They'll pick you up. Don't worry, I know when I'm in a spot. I do like her style, right? She really hates this guy. She's using this guy, and then she's like, "You know what? I think there's a window of opportunity here. Let's do it." <laughs> no, I can't. Oh, Sue. And then, and this separation of the room is important. It, it plays later. <laughs> The old phone. Is he? he doesn't have a wireless. No, it's this is it's what a they rotary call it. on a cradle. You know, they didn't even call it a landline back then. They just called it a phone. Oh, don't be dumb and you got to throw your coat over it so you can't so it hear. Muffles you the it. dial. Switchboard operator. Yes. She's Lily so Tomlin mad. She just throws it. her shoes. She's just mad at life. <laughs> she even takes her clothes off angry. Right, she took her clothes off angry. That doesn't make angry. sense. He's calling Sue. Of course. Hello? This film, like, Sue does okay. She's alive in this movie, right? It wasn't like he showed up to California and that, you know, there's a corpse, as it were. Right. But he can't respond. He can't yeah. get involved. He's too much in a pickle. Not yet, darling. Tomorrow. Look at these eyes and the fucking eyebrows. Maybe. He's an actor. If this were fiction. He was until he punched some dude so hard he got a brain concussion. He didn't go on uh say by the bell. He didn't have like a second act. <laughs> he didn't write a memoir. If this was fiction, and it's ironic because it is. Right. I always like that in a film when they go, This isn't a movie, you know. Oh, right. It's like, this is a fucking... Really? You're on a movie set? Game over, man. Good morning. I'm already pissed off. Come on! Let's go! And I think he's wearing Haskell's suit. Oh, you look good in Haskell's suit. So you look good in a dead man's suit. Two hours to fair and bait, and all you can say is, let's go. Come on. Boy, she's got blue balls. <laughs> Look at her big shoulders. Like, remember that we came back in the eighties? last night down this way. What do you think? Oh, this is Hollywood behind them. Or I don't know. Or LA. Just let me handle everything. Can we get two thousand dollars? I don't know, but don't worry. I'll squeeze as much out of this guy as I can. Okay, I can see the suits blinding me already. Ugh. This car's been this car seller suit. This car dealer suit is so bad. Coca Cola across America. Yeah, look at that. The whole country. All 48 states. All 48 of them. <laughs> All right. You know, when the internet says that they're actually driving on Hollywood Boulevard, so this whole uh -huh. thing about let's go back to Hollywood Boulevard is kind of oddly phrased. I guess that's supposed to be Hollywood Boulevard in Wait, the back. Wait, are they really? It isn't a rear projection? It is a rear projection, but I the footage so. is supposed to be Hollywood. Here he is, okay, catching her. Look at that suit. suit. Oh. It's oh, so colorful, wait. it came through the black and white. I got to cover my eyes. Look at that. Blah. He's got the perfect mustache for 1946. 
They want two thousand, but the blue book says sixteen, and they're gonna. We agreed on a price. His eighteen fifty. <laughs> we agreed on a price. His that's so film noir. But however, things aren't gonna go their way because he's gonna ask for like uh, questions, like what's the name of your insurance, and that's gonna throw him off. So she's gonna walk in the office and say, "Honey, time to go. We have to stop this conversation." <laughs> It doesn't go well. It's not as easy as they think. Right? They think they could just dump the car, get some cash, pretend they're a right. couple, background check works, but we uh, hit a compromise. His price. Yep, there we go. Told you. Oh, never shake hands with a car dealer. What? He's a Hollywood car dealer. And also, does he live in his fucking uh, car dealership? Yeah, I guess, <laughs> yes. It looks like a house. Oh, what's this? Ah, more Ooh, money. What, what was know. it? I don't know. Cigarette case? Something. But you bought yeah. the car in Miami, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, Eddie Haskell, I bought it. Weird. What Did kind you say of that? insurance do you have? Well, car insurance, of course. Oh, uh, it's the one with the general. I forgot the name. Surely you know what type of insurance you carry in the car. Name of the company? Yeah, but... Uh, Prudent something. Uh, the name of the company, I'd be very glad to take care of all the details. Well... Progressive.org? I forget. Won't, uh, we're not selling a car. Well, wait a minute, Mr. Pascal. Come on, darling. What's the matter? Change your mind? <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I guess I have. But Vera... Let's go. His name is her, Vera Haskell. Cashier car. Look, the same background. Do you notice that little pennant? Oh, is it? The exact same film stock? Basically, yeah. We're not selling the car. Why not? I want to keep it. Now, wait a minute, Vera. You said yourself I wouldn't be safe until the car was in someone else's name. She found something in the glove compartment. That's just it, Roberts. You're not going. Oh? Oh. Next corner, pull in there and we'll get a bite to eat. Now I'll explain. Is this another one of your brilliant ideas? He hates eating. Oh, by the way, this is the 40s, so check out this place where they go and eat in Hollywood. It's like, well, are you eating your car like a Sonic drive-in? You see how she has a uniform? I know. They're all sexy That's ladies. That's gone away, right? I mean, that used to be the world. Whatever your job was, you you know, you were the milkman, you were the... I mean, we see it on the UPS guy kind of thing, but if you go into you. a di diner, it's just whatever she was wearing that day. But this is like, this is one of those car, eat in your car type of places, like, you know, drive in. And I guess like the 50s, they had like the little outfits, but that's probably. So she noticed that Eddie Haskell Jr. Sr. died. Okay. And so there's a lot of money to be had. Right. That's the reason why she said deals off. That's so noir. Well, she's that's also, so what a, like, let's just talk about Vera. This is her logic. She said, well, wait a minute. Let's just take this as far as we can go. I want you to pretend to be Eddie uh, Eddie Haskell Jr. and go to the dad and convince yeah. him, and then get his money. How crazy! No, but he's dead. The dad's dead, so he'll be with. Yeah, people. so he just needs to show up. But that's sit. the thing; he doesn't because, like, there'll be the mom, there'll be the friend from high school, there'll be the aunt Susie, there'll be beer is going out of her limb here. I mean, she's really take it's a bad idea, and she's not letting go of it. Right? They haven't seen you in 20 years. 
But then he says, like, oh, wait a minute. He has I haven't seen you in 20 years. Imagine I showed up, like, you know, at, like, at, like at your brother. Hi, I'm Mike. Hi. Yeah, I'm Mike. And it's this unbelievable. Is my, I'm Mike, and this is my friend Vera. So anyway, where do I sign? It's a crazy, like, he knows this is a crazy idea. Yes, it's not going to work. He's never going to. And not only that, I mean, if it was all correspondence through the mail or something, he could sure. definitely get away with it. Which but. was common at the time. Remember, like Eddie Haskell showed the scar that he had as when he was fifteen years old. Look so how mad she is. Hey, am I worrying about the rent? No sweat and scheming, wondering where your next meal's coming from. Think about that, Robert. Vera. Yeah, Vera's off. She's yeah, she's yeah. off her rocket. You're right about the scar too. Right, and it's like, well, they don't know. They didn't. He left before they even showed the scar. So he knows, like, he has to cut himself. He's going to have to. Oh, no. That's so film noir. It's so film noir. Yeah, so now he's trapped. He'll this never see Sue. Ridiculous scheme. Ridiculous scheme. But it, it's within her character, right? It's believable that she would cling on to this and, and not let go. She's bad news anyway. She was never going to let go of him. No, she is bad news. Now she's got her 1940s hair, now that she can shower. And, and not only that, they're waiting for the next edition of the newspaper talking about the 1940s. We sit here as we wait for the afternoon paper right. to arrive. Extra, extra. It's the evening edition. Yeah. Early evening edition. That was as close as real time they had. That's true. And also, this is 1945, so all the newsies are like, extra, extra. I didn't fight in the war. Read all about it. <laughs> I sold newspapers for the last five years. Extra, extra. So he's trying to talk her off the ledge. Let's just take the little we can. Yeah. I mean, he left the bankroll. He's happy to ditch the car and go see his his girl Sue. He's I mean, sees them in the same town. Right. He's that close. Look how fine. Now she's not being seductive at all. She's just flat out like. Look at her mean face, man. Mean. She is so mean. All they be doing will be rushing it. He keeps covering her cleavage every time she feels guarded. I'll take the chance. Well, she doesn't like him anymore. I mean, she didn't like him anyway, but... That's the way people wind up behind the eight ball. Once they get a few dollars, they become greedy and want more. My, my. <laughs> you know that Roman general? He got his for being greedy. He wasn't satisfied, so the final wind-up was he took the count. A couple of days ago, you didn't have a dime. Why, you were so broke, you couldn't pay cash for a postage stamp. Now you've got almost $700, with eighteen fifty in the offing. Take my advice. Don't try for more. I'm tired of this game. Let's have some blackjack. Play solitaire. Okay, I will, if that's the way you feel about it. That's the way I feel about it. Getting so and throwing things won't help much, Roberts. I'm really doing you a favor. I help you out of a jam by keeping my mouth shut. I show you how to make some soft money. And what thanks do I get? Thanks. I would you rather soft call it money. when you killed a man and stole I his money? Yes, you did. No, I didn't. You know I didn't. All right, then. <laughs> Suppose I call the cops. If you're innocent, what do you got to be scared of? Now, this is the point in which I would let her call the cops. But the thing is, I wouldn't have gotten this far with this lady, right? Right. But if I, I was... I would say, okay, call the cops, because that sinks her plans, too. She, this wouldn't be an issue if he reported this dead body. Even if he right. didn't meet her on the road, that would have been cleared up. 
even if he drove to the emergency room, took the body, laid it on the, you know, right. driveway and drove away. Well, she's calling the cops. It's all over. And she's going to call in the other room. I want the number at the Hollywood police station. You don't just dial 911? Okay, I got it. Thanks. No, it's a switchboard. You've got a good memory. Switchboard operator, I need the number of the Hollywood police. Sure. Pick up the phone. When the switchboard operator comes on, say, Hollywood police, please. They'll, they'll switch you to it. But as the minutes passed, more obstacles to her plan popped into my head. The air got blue. Each word coming from our lips cracked like a whip. I reminded her that as Charles Haskell, I didn't even know my mother's name. Right. Where I'd gone to school. The name of my best friend. It's a stupid, stupid idea. My religion. And if I'd ever... She, he's right. There's no way you're going to get away with this. Yeah, no, she's, she's definitely like... And she's going to report him too. Now he's going to get the scar on his forearm. No, he'll never get the scar on the forearm. Oh, okay. So they, because that would be so film noir to like go to the lengths of your scam to cut that's yourself. More, and, that seems like a contemporary ironic twist, right? Like the the filmmaker so up his own ass that he's like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I give him the scar later? You know, and you're like, <laughs> oh. Get out of here. She's tight again. She's tight as a prima donna's corset. <laughs> Why do they call it tight when you get loose? Really, though, your inhibitions I, drop. I get tight. My face gets all red, right? Uh, like a blood pressure kind of tight? Yeah, you're all wound up. I hate you, real estate. What? <laughs> what? Drunk, you don't know what you're doing. You're hurting me. Will you promise? All right. Okay, everything's cool. She's not going to call the cops. You can see it in her eyes. Oh. And it's hot in there. Open up the window. It's not but you hot. said not to do me. Now, do you do it or do I do it? Open the window. Yeah. She goes right into his face. Yeah. All right. I'll open up the window. <laughs> the window. And what would you do? She grabs the phone. Yeah. Boom. Why is it important just to call the open the door. Please open the door. Vera, open the door. Don't you... He's going to... Well, she's going to call the cops now. Maybe she's calling the cops because she realized that, like, this plan was never going to work. I, that doesn't sound like her character. She would delusionally believe... Look at her, man. This is great. She's drunk. She's all wrapped up in the cord. You got to stop. please pick up. Here, no, I know. I'll pull dude. up the cord. No, just go to the wall on your side. Yeah, remove it from the wall. Up. Okay, he's pulled long enough. Is he going to have his scar now? No, the scar is gone, Carl. Stop all talking right, about all right. Okay. Cheap hotel, three and three. They always put. She's dead. Wait, I don't hear Vera. You see him through the mirror. But she's not dead. No, she's dead. Oh, wait, because he was pulling on, it was choking her? Yeah, that's exactly right. It doesn't work that way. That Well, it's a movie. It's a movie. And again, like, he, he didn't kill Eddie Haskell. Did he really kill her? It was an accident. 
But he can't get away with this. He can't dump this body and be, and drive off. He could absolutely get away with it right now. He could just leave. They think he is this Haskell person. He'll just disappear into the night and just be himself, be his regular. Whoa. He could absolutely walk away. Peter was dead. Murder. I don't know who Peter is. What an awful word. Vera. Vera Peter. Yeah, I can't hear it. What evidence there was again the film director is just moving to the difference creating yeah. this guy's like despair i like i like this guy's director yeah I like the style. yeah me too so now he's going to get rid of all the thing get hmm. well this so this is interesting they tacked on an ending where the cops show up at the last minute and arrest him and that was not the ending of this movie so it's you know it's a film noir thing where he set himself up he's doomed and he gets arrested all he's got like he said the landlady would recognize me that's all he's got is that a landlady is uh, a lady who's in the in the house not a cellular lady well landline sorry <laughs> the cellular lady knows my face my virtual <laughs> knows my zoom Again, this is a one-hour movie. We're wrapping up. Where's There's so much more to go, but I guess we're not doing that. They'll never get to see Sue, even though she lives in the next door. <laughs> she lives in this apartment building? Yeah. What a coincidence. Okay, put the do not disturb sign on the door. Hit tip number one. He's got his moral dilemma right now, and we're just... Yeah, his moral dilemma is just walking out. Bye, see ya. But that's really all he needs to do. So all think... he needs to do right now is disappear. He's got $700 in cash. He's got a car. Well, okay. Well, then he shows up at the diner. Now we're at the, the beginning so of... We're not on the road at the diner. We're in Hollywood at the diner. Well, no, he's in Nevada. I mean, there's a sign that said Nevada. I guess he walked or he hitched some way out of L.A. So he can't go to New York. He can't go to Hollywood. There was Sue, and he looks at the jukebox. Yeah. There's a hash slinger. <laughs> That's right. Oh, there's the uh, fortune-telling machine, the biorhythm machine. <laughs> the cigarettes. The lonely street lamp. The converted uh, uh, cable car. Not cable car. Uh, what do you call the meal cards in the, in the train? Uh, yeah, right. The um, dining car, I guess. Dining car, right. New Jersey has tons of great diners that were old dining cars. Converted there time is time. one. Busy bees. That's all around. So now he's walking out into the night with nowhere to go, essentially. Right, but you know what's going to happen. You know who's going to pull up any minute now. Haskell. The cops. Highway Patrol. I knew someone would pick me up, and someone would pick yeah. me up for the crime I committed. The end. Uh, or some mysterious force can put the finger on you or me for no good reason at all. 
Detour, buddy. So he's going to jail. Yep. The, the highway patrolman just pulled right up to him. Ah, it's a pretty, really crap <laughs> production. Carl, what did you think of this movie? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I do too. I think just the existentialism of it, you know, it's just, he's doomed. And the guy won't shut up about how great everything's going to be. All he has to do is <laughs> just like reach from New Jersey from Paramus to fucking Los Angeles. But he took a little detour. This guy took a detour. Yeah. It's one of the greats. I wanted this to be our last movie because I think it's for one hour. It's a public domain, one hour movie, just tight. Uh, and just, he's doomed. He's doomed. And Was he's it doomed. everything you expected? Was it the right last film to watch? I mean, the last film would be probably like a Tom Green movie, Freddy Got Fingered or something god awful. But yeah. <laughs> This wasn't, I mean, the acting is bad and production is bad, but it all clicks. It all works for this movie. Yeah. You know, it's actually a good film, even though. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it really yeah. was a good film. Well, we want to thank you, the listener, for joining us, whether you started listening to us back in 16 or just, just happened to hear us now. Uh, we are, we will be uh, still a thing. Uh, we'll Check still out our Facebook page. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman on Facebook. We're going to put whatever we're going to do there yep. and join our YouTube channel. Subscribe yep. to our YouTube channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And maybe that's another source of what's going to become of us. For but you'll see new episodes there. We uh, The feed may not have new stuff added to it. I would keep the feed active if you have a podcast. Yeah, You can still have access to the archive from what we understand. So if you ever just want to listen to an episode from the last seven years, Go to meetneyradio.fm. Hopefully, it'll still be listed there. We'll figure this out. Yeah, maybe we could get a new RSS feed under our name, and and you'll find it. But go to the web, go to the Facebook page, and go to the YouTube page. We want to thank Pam Benjamin. We want to thank everybody at Mutiny Radio. I used to watch the door from the Friday live show. I used to do crossword puzzles, which I'm sure is obnoxious, but it helped me focus on the door. <laughs> A lot of assholes came in the show. A lot of people came in to pat me on the back, like, it's okay, buddy. It's like, no, you got to pay the fucking, you know. But I, I saw a lot of great live comedy. I saw a lot of shit shows there. A lot of drunk people calling, uh, going, saying wrong things. Uh, a lot of craziness there. A lot of beautiful stuff. She created something for the community, whether the community appreciated it or not. That's how it goes when you run a room. I yeah. was known in San Francisco for running a room. It wasn't mm -hmm. the greatest thing in the world. But it happens sometimes with com comedians. But I think Pam did a lot of good, and the station did a lot of good. Station helped the mission district. They would go to the Boys and Girls Club, show them how to uh, do a, a radio, you know, show them the studio, and all this good stuff. So it's sad. 24, it's closed. Yeah. That physical space is no longer. Yeah. Yeah. So anything you got to say, Carl? No, thank you for being with us and, you know, look on our Facebook page because we're going to continue to live. We're going to try to, you know, keep the RSS feed. I don't have high hopes for that, but we'll see if we're able to do it. You know, when God closes the door, you make lemonade. <laughs> okay. When God gives you lemons, you open a door. When God gives you potatoes, you make vodka. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note. Our Facebook page, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Our YouTube channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Our archive for the over 500 shows we've done here on Mutiny Radio. Mutinyradio.fm, hit podcast, find us, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. 
We'll be back some way, and we'd love to see you there. And it's Tuesday, and it's it's time for Bug Out Square. And I just want to let you know that the air has turned to, uh, you know, have you seen something you can taste? Vigilante man, have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. This week on Bug Off Square, I'm, I'm super stoked, stoked on so many levels about so many different things um, that I that I uh, I don't even want to get into it right now because there's just not enough time for this song and and that thought to uh, happen at the same time. So, but what we got is um, we've got a, 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 a musician going to be calling in for an interview. I got a bunch of good records. I got a bunch of good music. I believe we'll have a, a new contributor. So, um, thanks for doing what you got to do to do. This is uh, what it's supposed to be. Man, come along and chased us out in the rain. Was that a vigilante man? Stormy days, we'd pass the time away. Sleeping in some good warm place. Man, come along and we give him a little race. Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, unite all you working men. Killed him in the river. Some strange man was that a vigilante man. Does a vigilante man? Why does a vigilante man carry that sawed off shotgun in his hand? Would he shoot his brother and sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. 
And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle Was that the vigilante men Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land
Yeah. 